0: I can't imagine, for example, Michael Bay apologizing for anything that he's ever done.
1: Well, he quasi-apologized for Armageddon, by which I mean he didn't really. The only thing that I can
0: imagine him apologizing for is making Megan Fox a star. And that's only because he hates Megan Fox.
1: Really? Now he does, Yeah. yeah. Why does he hate Megan Fox? Who knows? But she doesn't like him either. They both have said insulting things about the other...
2: Oh, there's probably something that happened. Something went down. Like, mm-hmm. like, um, what's it called? Uh, Megan Fox and Michael
1: Bay.
0: Some past of You think well, they were a thing?
1: I don't know. Shia LaBeouf claims that he was a thing with her. weren't they? It wasn't that kind of public? Well, he said no. He said that they hooked up. Not that they were. They weren't that they were in a relationship. Yeah. But whatever. Good for him, I suppose.
0: Wait, but did he actually apologize a little bit for Armageddon?
1: No, not exactly. He said some things about how he thought the, the movie was kind of plagued with problems, but he did not apologize. Like, he kind of blamed the studio for issues with it. He was not saying it was bad. He did not say he was sorry. In fact, when people were misquoting him as saying he apologized, he went back and said, I never said I was sorry for this. Of all the things
0: that he should apologize for, I would not think that Armageddon would be the one that he would even, like, speak badly of. I would think it would be Pearl Harbor.
1: Oh, yeah, well, it's funny that you say that, because I was talking to someone else, and they said the same thing. Because, you know, it was pretty bad, it rewrote history. That, that, right, right. I and mean, it was not just bad, that, that but that totally was not, accurate.
0: It's
2: totally not faithful to the comic book. <laughs> That's not. right.
0: It's really
1: not. Yeah, the Pearl Harbor comic book, which was called he's only, Bugs he's, Bunny Fights the Japanese Zeros. He's he's only, like, he only
2: does these, like, obscure, like, not obscure, he doesn't do these, like, weird things. He doesn't do, like, a direct adaptation of anything, just a straight-up comic book, I think. Well, Oh, not Harry a comic Transformers book.
0: Transformers is almost in that category. Right, there. no,
2: he doesn't quite do it. Also, Godzilla,
1: and I guess that was another movie. That was not, That was not him that was Roland Emmerich. Oh, that's right. Oh, even 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 better. <laughs> but if you're thinking of adaptations, there is something called Pain and Gain which just came out. Uh which was ba- which is sort of like an adaptation because it's based on a true story.
0: It's based on a true story which is actually like not funny at all. It's it's like this horrible story about this guy who was kidnapped and tortured for like a month. Um and you know, and Michael Bay was like, oh, that sounds like a perfect, you know, bro comedy. Because he's Michael <laughs> Bay. So he made this movie called Pain and Gain, and he and it's, like, really... I mean, I was going to say it's funny. It's probably not funny. I haven't seen it. Um, but it attempts to be funny in telling the story of this guy who was kidnapped and tortured. Because we all know that kidnapping and torturing is hilarious.
1: Yeah. Well... Here's what you need to know. Uh, Israeli supermodel Bar Pali plays a character called Sorina Luminita, who is based on the real life person Sabina Petrescu, Petrescu, because anyone with an accent, you know, could be anything in Europe or Russia, right? Or anything, which is you know, good for them. I mean, remember our favorite actor of all time, Ben? Remember what? Do you remember our favorite actor of all time? No. Come on. Come on. From Snatch. Boris the Blade. Yes. He's from Israel. No. He's <laughs> from Croatia. But he's, he's <laughs> his name is Rade Shed, Benja, and he's like he's played everything. He's played Russians. He's played Slavs. I mean, Why do they
0: call him the Bullet Dodger?
1: Because he dodges bullets. <laughs> He's been in everything. He's been. He was even in Batman Begins. Yeah, he's
2: awesome. He's a great like go-to guy for like just Eastern European guy. He was in a. Was he? He was the guy in a in Taken
1: too, right? That's right. He was.
2: <laughs> he was great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was also in X Men First Class. Remember, he played that Russian general. Yeah, and he he's played. Just... He played a character in Harry Potter. Do you remember who? Yeah, was he brother? was. Very good. Gregorovich. Oh, he was... Oh, a yeah. foreign wandmaker, which we had for like a half a second flashback. I hated that part of the movie. It's like, what? You know, what a waste. What a waste of an amazing character actor.
0: But we can't talk about that because that's an adaptation of a book, not an adaptation of a comic book. Yeah, Fine, but let me.
1: All right, hold on. But let me just tell you, I want to read to you quickly a few of the guys of his names in movies, okay? Yeah. Ivan Tretiak, Mardino the Greek, Andrei Strasser, Jiri Kolmar, Mr. Melich, Bruno Meyer, General Vostel, Boris the Blade, Yurinov, which you know that one is from, right? Tibor, <laughs> Diplomat, I know that one's very clever. <laughs> Diplomat. <laughs> Paolo, <laughs> That sounds foreign. Jubo, Sergei, Maxim Sarovnov, Old Allen. these are great, Dmitry Gredenko, from twenty four. Oh of course. <laughs> Yuri Ivanov, Yuri Volkolov. That's <laughs> great. there's just, just two he played two different Yuri's right after each other in two different movies. With two different last names. And of course, you know, then he's played Nikita Sokolov. And then, you know <laughs> just the he played Russian General. In X-Men First Class, without a name?
0: He didn't have a name?
1: I guess not. It's kind of uh, sad. He he. Well, my point is, you can guess the kind of characters he plays. And he's great. Because <laughs> he has such personality that he's just fantastic. Yeah, he's just the Eastern European guy. Go-to yeah, guy. Yeah. But, let's yeah, rewind him and, a little him bit
0: and, uh here. and Jean Reno, right? Jean Reno is like oh, the yeah. Western European go-to guy.
1: Oh, I see. So that's how you're getting your... Godzilla connection in, because he was by far the best part of that movie. Um, Sure. He he was the only competent... Because I saw Godzilla. You never... No. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're (laughs) missing out. No, I did not. That's a lot of fish. But apparently Jean Reno was in it. That's a lot of fish. Seriously, though, the movie was terrible, but it had some some actors from The Simpsons in it. So... I don't right. know, let's something. Let's get so, back to comic books. Yeah, let's rewind a little bit and get back to the problem with Watchmen. So the thing about Watchmen is there's that great part in the beginning where you sort of have this opening sequence where they have the extended song in the credits, you know, uh, the old yeah. Dylan song, Times Are Changing, where they kind of show this alternate history. And I, for some people I think it was probably confusing, but for a lot of people who didn't know the the background, I think it, they kind of picked up on what was happening. Yeah. The problem is is that what I would call a good example of visual storytelling in a moving picture medium. The problem is with a lot of the rest of the movie is that it didn't really utilize a movie's capabilities to tell a story. Right. Well, I you think know, that's
0: that's okay. not really an adaptation problem. I think that's a Zack Snyder problem. Yep. Because yeah, I think that Zack Snyder video. has shown over and over again that he's not very good at telling stories.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stories are very thin. They're really like like they're they're, they're yeah they're very they're very
0: thin stories. The stories and, are and thin, and the characters are thin, also.
2: Yeah, and it's like it's weird because it's like it's as if like he tries to like acknowledge like yeah there are these mature themes I like mature themes and then but like. He, but he gets so caught up in all, like, the aesthetic stuff, which is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love aesthetic shit. But, like, even – and Jeremy's not going to be happy with this. But, you know, James Cameron knows how to, how to tell a story. Um, even if you say it's not that great, but he's better at it than than Zack Snyder, oh, I would say. You can't I even think compare
1: Avatar...
0: them. I mean, they're, they're not on the same planet. James yeah. Cameron is a way better storyteller.
1: Well, right, the problem right. with James Cameron – isn't and I didn't I didn't even watch Avatar because ability. I choose not to. The problem is is that what happened with both Avatar and Titanic is that they both became about the technology, about the special effects, mm-hmm. as opposed to the story. Like with Terminator, the first one, yeah, there was some kind of you know he tried to do push the envelope, and he definitely tried to do that with Terminator two but he still had the story in mind, which is why he didn't come back on for the sequel, because he didn't really feel like there was anything left to say. I think that's an
0: odd criticism of Titanic, though. I think Titanic was definitely about the story and the characters. Yeah, it was
2: very story-driven. Even even, even Avatar. I mean, I mean, it's not it's um, a, the, the best. But, but, like, you're right, but it's interesting, because it's like we could compare him to Zack Snyder a certain way as if he's a better version of Zack Snyder. You know what I mean? Because, like... James Cameron's characters and stories, they're not thin. They're not like the most complex. They're just like kind of like sort of like full, full, filled out like archetypes. You know what I, I mean? I think
0: James Cameron is what Zack Snyder aspires to be.
2: Right, 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 right. right. But um, he's not there. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if that's conscious or not, but like if he's consciously doing it or even if he thinks about it. But the, the thing is that like – yeah, that, that's the thing. But it's like also Zack Snyder wants to get caught up in some of like the the really action-like thing. That's the thing about James Cameron. James Cameron... Actually, James Cameron isn't into action. What am I talking about? I'm totally wrong about that. But 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 still. But But I feel like Zack Snyder is really more into like the individual craft of the action. You know what I mean? Like fighting. He's into fighting more than James Cameron is. James Cameron doesn't have a lot of fighting, fighting, fighting. He has a lot of action. Um,
1: but right. Like, I, I think that's but Zack Snyder
2: ha- has more fighting. And that's fine. And I'm all for that. But... I don't think that he that that I think that's actually probably his strongest suit that he can depict some fighting scenes. But like, it's still, it's just I think it's garbage. Like I thought three hundred was garbage in in a lot of different ways. And and one of the reasons why I really felt that way was not was not just because I didn't like it as a movie, but I could so see how it was trying trying like you know like I, I I thought it was trying to teach a lesson that it just could not handle at all. I hate that shit. I hate like false wisdom. And shit like that, you know what I mean? And they were trying to make it was like it was trying to make points about like masculinity and all this shit and I was like, Oh give me a fucking break.
0: Yeah, shit. although some of that is not even Zack Snyder I mean, Zack... he Snyder chose to go in that direction, but like Frank Miller is yeah. the one who really yeah. is is sort of like behind all of that because he wrote three hundred and and he is way more than Zack Snyder. He's obsessed with like masculinity and and these ideas of like what makes a real man and like you know and um, and we yeah. all three of us we liked Sin City. Um, I don't know right. if you guys have read the comic books, but the comic yeah. books you so, can also see like so. like like his his obsession with you know what makes a true you know manly man and and like well, men who are not manly yeah, are but worthless the thing, and, and and all of yes, that.
1: Yes, I agree. But that's kind of why it was interesting that Robert Rodriguez worked well. As someone who right. could film that because he's also big into that kind of thing, but he's also big into Macho.
0: That's that's
1: the word. A- I'm yeah, he's macho. Well yeah, but Robert Rodriguez is also into flash. He right. he's also into you know, explosions, he's into violence, but not just masculine, he's into beautiful women doing violent right. things as well. Right. you know, right. He, you know that's sort of that's <coughs> one of his big fetishes.
2: Right. That's yeah, probably sure. why he gets
1: along with 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 Quentin Tarantino. Hmm. You know, Quentin Tarantino had had you know directed a little bit of Sin City, if you remember, that one little conversation yeah. where he talks to a dead guy.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so they like yeah, both of like the whole badass women. Yeah, um, I I I think that like. It's like the ones that have succeeded. It's like you're saying, like Sin City aesthetically is kind of shot like a movie. Maybe it wasn't, but at least in a certain sense, it was just because it was kind of noir. So yeah, you can like you can rewind it back, and and perhaps from that there could be movies that that would work from the noir um, st- standpoint. But the 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 thing is, is that I think the times they've been successful, they've been successful. I mean, really, in a lot of ways, it's just like they've been successful as uh, as, as movies. They just like really took the movie thing on their own, and in fact, it's interesting because I was thinking about the Avengers. Like, I really liked it, and I thought it was enjoyable, and got a lot of the spirit of it. And aesthetically, it was good. Though, still, I still think aesthetically, it was more like a comic book TV show that was done really well. Like, like it still felt like that. I mean, you know, that's um, though it's hard to say because John Speedin also a really a really good graphic novel author. Like, he's pretty fantastic at it too. So, I don't know. Uh, And perhaps that's why he might be a little
1: more successful. My problem with the Avengers is it was uh, the easy story.
0: In what sense?
1: In that I understand why it had to be what it was, but I think it could have been better.
2: Yeah. What I mean is
1: I feel like Joss Whedon, I think correctly, realized he couldn't really take that many risks. Right. And had to streamline a lot had to, you know, simplify a lot. And I think that there's... it's. I think some of this stuff as I've seen, I think some of it's going to be remedied for later on. For example, one of the things I thought was annoying was how there was a lot of failed interaction possibilities. Meaning, you have yeah. so many different possible permutations of characters. And we saw some great ones, but we also missed out on a lot of ones. I mean... Mm-hmm. Just thinking about it this way. So, Iron Man had kind of interactions with basically everyone. Right. And and some of it is because, you know, some of the characters had been in his previous movie. Thor, though, he really didn't interact with very many people. I mean, he had a little bit with with Captain America, a little bit with Hulk, a little bit with Iron Man. You know, but that's basically it. He was almost by himself. And Captain America was basically just with Iron Man. Yeah, that was good. That was just about it. The thing is, although they had a good interaction, it's just sort of an interesting thing to think about because there's so much other possibility there. For example, one of the things that, you know, Captain America comes from an older time, and I feel like we had more possibilities for him interacting with other people. But one of the cool things is it looks like The Black Widow character is actually going to be in the next Captain America movie, right? So, so they're going to actually start exploring some of those kinds of interactions, which I think makes sense. I understand why it couldn't really happen, even if I would have liked to see that more. But I think that in general, Avengers works pretty well as a movie, even if it's sort of like just sort of a fun type of movie, but nothing, nothing too amazing
0: well when you have that many characters in the movie and you're trying to give them all enough screen time so that they can each get a little bit of the story you know it's you can't have everything you know or the movie would be immensely long you know it's not and this is again it gets into the idea of adaptation from a comic book because any one issue of a comic book is not or you know maybe like a double issue it's not going to have every interaction between every character you know that's possible it's the kind of thing that you know evolves over time and you see it you know across many issues um you know that that could be coming out over a period of months or even years um and a movie doesn't have that luxury maybe if you have a series of movies like Star Wars right the Star Wars trilogy you know you can have character interactions and that and that had like only a few main characters right but even with those few main characters, they had sort of these evolving interactions across the three movies, um, you know. So it, I think it's it might be a little unfair for you to criticize the Avengers movie, which is just one movie, you know, for not having everything that it could have had. Um, I think I think a, a more valid criticism would be that the plot was relatively simple. Yeah, and, but that is
1: one of my criticisms, right? Like right, I said, right. streamlined, simplified. And again, I'm saying I understand why it was done, whether that's yeah. fair or not. I think it is. It's fair to criticize. You know, I even, I can acknowledge why I think it had to be done that way and why I think, I I think, think it's it interesting might to compare, not have been viable otherwise.
0: I think it's interesting to compare the Avengers to the Dark Knight Returns. Rise the Dark Knight Rises. Excuse me, Dark Knight Returns is something else. Um, mm. The Dark Knight Rises. In that, the Dark Knight Rises was a way more ambitious movie than The Avengers, in terms of its story, in terms of its themes, you know. It was way more interesting. But that doesn't mean that it was a better movie, because I think that it was in a lot of ways a failure, and The Avengers was, was much more of a success, in that The Avengers aimed lower, but it hit the mark. And I think that The Dark Knight Rises aimed much higher, but it missed.
2: Right, right. Well, I mean... That's the thing. isn't that the thing behind uh, like Christopher Nolan's things that not that not that The Batman Begins was like not going to be a, a big movie or wasn't major, but like they didn't expect it to blow up like it did. Isn't, didn't I? I, hear, I heard something like that, or was it just that when Heath Ledger came around, that's what really made it? You know, I don't know.
1: Partially. It I wasn't they like I thought
0: it was going to be a hit, right? I mean, they wouldn't have yes, done it if they didn't Batman think it was going to be a hit.
1: Batman Begins was a hit. They didn't expect it to be the massive, massive that it was. Right. I mean, one of the biggest films of all time, essentially. No, they didn't think of that. They, th- they thought that maybe, uh, but after that, they thought his next one would be.
0: You're talking yeah. about, about Batman Begins, right?
1: No. Or
0: you're talking, talking about, about the, the Dark Knight. Yeah.
1: Batman Begins wasn't a mega hit. It was right. just a you know, it was, but it, it was, was a success. Successful. Yes, it was definitely. And then right,
0: and then and then the Dark Knight ended up being this massive mega hit, um, which right. we're not expecting until you know, like once it came out, and then people realized, wow, this is a really good movie. Um, well, also,
2: there's the whole thing about about Heath Ledger dying, like right before it. Like, yeah,
0: I think that gave it a little bit of buzz, but I don't. Yeah, think I must his, say it would have It was his I'm death just... that made that movie so much as his performance, because his performance was was really like just blew people away.
2: Yeah, well, it was, like, one of the best performances of, any, of all time. So that's, that's the yes. thing. It's just – and everyone recognized it. They're like, holy shit, you know. So and once again, like, it's like those movies, it's like they get some of the spirit of it. They they still make you excited. It's kind of the same way you get excited about, about did your he, favorite Oscar,
1: did, did he win an Oscar for that? Yeah, yeah. A, he won he a, did, a posthumous right? Oscar. Huh? Yeah. You want a posthumous Posthumously, Oscar? Posthumously, yeah. Well, he defeated yes. Robert Downey Jr., who was nominated for Tropic Thunder for playing, you know, a white Bird. guy Bird. playing a black guy, playing
0: a blackface character, and yeah. doing a good job of it, apparently, but still a little bit controversial.
1: No, well, that was the but, whole point.
2: Yeah. I was thinking like like what's it called? The Heath Ledger, like. Do you think people really want that when they die? They're like, "What the fuck do I care about this award? <laughs> go go fuck." This
1: <laughs> the people He's who like, accepted you just just wasting award. Well, the ones who accepted his award were his, parents. his family. I know, yeah. I
2: know, his family and his sister.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, but think about it the should... other way. Imagine like if he died and then he didn't win the award, and he would be like, "What the fuck? I was the best <laughs> actor, and I died, <laughs> and you still couldn't give me the award."
1: Yeah, most of them go just c- get something in the in memoriam section. Yeah, like they do a <laughs> the
2: clapping, yeah. <laughs> just a, <laughs> a little bit of a clap. Camera guide number two. Camera guide number three. <laughs> oh,
1: they, they never put a camera guides in there. <laughs> Ridiculous.
2: No, they do have like guys like next to like like the uh next to like the uh camera, whatever. You know, just a little oh, like
0: Occasionally, if if some guy was like a you know a cinematographer who was like worked on like a thousand movies and everybody in the industry loved him. Oh, sure, yeah,
1: you famous it's cinematographer. Like, it's like on him, like smoking
2: a joint and like <laughs> like, yeah, like a like a topless girl I said, It's like yeah, because <laughs> I think I think they have like they have, you know they, they don't have as official uh, pictures of those people of like the like photos of them because it's just like cinematographer, so he's not used to just being in front of the camera. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think that, um, he I mean, definitely deserved it. I mean, the thing is, is that what well, kind of is cool, I guess, about the, about the Christopher Nolan thing, I definitely thought, especially with Joker, is it was, it was more of like they're taking the spirit of it and then enhancing, or like, or like advancing with it. Like, like he took like this, basically, he, uh, Heath Ledger took the template of the, uh, of the Joker and he said, he, he, like, it was like, he was like, here's where we can go with it. And everyone accepted that you could go there. They're like, oh, but I didn't know someone was going to explore Joker, like, like that part of Joker that we don't always really see. You know, That was a thing. So we could believe it, but it's like, oh, that's right. Because it's like, that's probably what he would do, considering how he acts and almost everything. That's probably really what he would do to some degree. Obviously, some things were unrealistic. But it was like, he was fucking crazy. Like, and he loved people, so- and just playing with people. He was just it, terrible.
0: I so. actually, I actually saw, um, I saw an interview. It was an interview or maybe a panel um, with Mark Hamill. Um, Mark Hamill, that everyone knows, was Luke Skywalker, but he's also everyone, everyone does um, not know. But- Mark Mark Hamill is also famous among nerds um, for being the voice of the Joker in the Batman animated series and doing a great job of it. Actually, he's really fantastic. Yeah. But I saw, I saw t- somebody asked him at some panel about Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker and he just starts gushing like he's like gushing to the point that I almost thought he was being sarcastic but he wasn't being sarcastic he was being genuine like he really thought that Heath Ledger's performance was just amazing and he couldn't stop talking about it and then they asked him to say why so serious in his uh Batman the animated series Joker voice which was also pretty funny um -hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you get an endorsement from the other guy that played the Joker, you know you did something right.
1: I'm going to do something interesting to think about just for a moment. Uh, last episode, we talked a lot about that video game, the Final Fantasy VI. So imagine if Heath Ledger could have played Kefka.
2: Right. Oh, yeah, he, he would have he done a great job with that.
1: Anyway, but
2: let's think about
1: some of the good other... Conversation, good conversation, good conversation. Let's think about some of the other... DC I I don't think we
0: quite talked enough about Final Fantasy VI last time. Maybe we should talk about it some more.
1: No, I, <laughs> okay. just, I just wanted to use that as a transition. So let's think about some of the other more recent D- DC movies and why they didn't work as well. Now, some of them were reasonably financially successful. Some of them were not. A good case was Green Lantern, which, although it made a lot of money... Cost so much money, partially because it was shot and then reshot and then reshot again, and then they did CGI that they then redid again as well, and they kept they were running out of time, so they would, they, they started hiring more special effects people and that 's why it probably is more than they even said admitted but here 's the thing when it comes to a budget. For, there to, for it to be considered a success, it needs to make at least double the cost.
0: Right, because generally, I mean, as a rule of thumb, uh, and, you know, whatever the budget for a movie is, you have to pretty much, you know, it's, it's gonna, they're going to spend an equivalent amount of money in marketing. That's so, right. So, so it's, like, it's, the actual yeah. cost ends up being double what the, what the you know, the, the cost of actually making the movie was.
1: Right. So you need to get a return on investment. From whoever the investors are, which are probably a bunch of people. So, they want to have money that they're making, not just the amount they put in, but they want to, you know, if they're told you're going to make back twice your money if you invest in this 10 pole movie, you're going to be pretty pissed if what you get back is maybe maybe you get back your money, maybe you only get back some of it you'd know, be pretty mad you may not invest with you know Warner Brothers again or something right like but
0: it. the thing is if your movie costs you know 300 million plus then you know you're really kind of putting a ceiling on how much money you can even make back from it because it's got to be so successful in order to really be profitable
1: right and i think they had this sort of well let's just say naive hope that it was going to be the next Dark night because just everyone wants to see superhero movies. Naive yeah. is a
0: is a nice way of putting it. I think. Well, I th-
1: the problem is is that people do want to see superhero movies, but what they want to see is good superhero movies. Yeah. So there have been some people talking lately about where they think it's a superhero boom. They think it's a bubble, and I don't really think that's true. But I, I think we have already seen how
0: um, it. You can only really call it a bubble if superhero movies that were not very good exactly. were, were successful but so, the superhero yes. movies that so aren't good understand. are not successful so right. it's really not a bubble at all so you agree with me because yes.
1: like think about the green hornet for example you know that was another superhero movie that also failed or any of the ghost rider ones. <laughs> Ghost <You know>. Rider. <laughs> now, the thing is like superman Returns, what about
2: ghost rider that those were pretty successful
1: so Superman Returns, also... <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. You know what, Benji? That actually deserves a response. Um, I remember <laughs> really? Ghostwriter. Rider.
1: Did,
0: did you guys... Did Jeremy, do you remember Ghost Rider? Yeah.
1: yeah. Ghostwriter Words. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, no, that's more than no. I remember. I just no, I remember that remember it existed.
0: It. Um, I think it was on public television, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. No. Well, well, yes, watch, of course. It was about reading. It. It, was pretty, it was pretty much like the
2: first, like, really, I think, like, show that wasn't cartoon that i watched or at least that i was out that other that other people were watching that i was allowed to as well i don't know i was really excited
0: once we outgrew square one and um oh. you know uh math pet that's I, what we've come next ghostwriter
2: I, I think part of it is that our, our, our parents didn't let us watch uh. a lot of tv it was one of those things early on that they conceded to because that was educational or whatever
0: so. Well, my parents wouldn't let me watch those violent cartoons. I didn't watch Transformers. I didn't watch GI Joe. I didn't watch Ninja Turtles. None it's of that. It's So
2: ridiculous! Like just that thought that, that like parents are like, you can't like you can't watch like you can't watch this stuff because it's gonna like do something yeah, bad. To... Because yeah,
0: because it's gonna turn me into a you know a, a, a serial killer or something.
2: I think I think I think our parents. They I, were, no. I, I uh, think, became I like... a
0: serial killer anyway.
1: <laughs> Jokes, ghost on them. Writer, Jokes on there, Ghostwriter. Jokes <laughs> on ghost Ghostwriter. Can you read letters in blood? Of course. In uh, he, fact, he writes it out in like in like crayons. Of and course. And he says, "Listen, I'm a ghost. <laughs> what you think? I'm used to reading from a typewriter." Yeah. I spelled out my own name in blood. That's why I can't remember it. So, yeah. Let's forget about Ghostwriter, because I'm, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, 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 okay, let me just make one one last, one last point. Uh, Is it uh, true that you couldn't remember
0: his name? That sounds vaguely familiar. Yes,
1: he didn't remember anything about himself other yes. than he was a human. Yeah, that's right. It was like a mystery that I don't think was actually ever solved.
0: Oh, I'm sure it wasn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Magic School Bus, that
2: was... Do you, do those count as comics? Uh, no, uh, comic adaptations. A, no, because they were picture book adaptations. Well, I guess, no. then you have to say Doctor Seuss is that. Uh, it was a it book.
1: Was, a book is not a comic.
2: There's some uh, no a, no. A no if it's which if actually
1: it's a picture different. book,
0: that's pretty close to being a comic book.
1: Yeah, but would you? I mean, would no. you call like, the Grinch
2: or Cat in the Hat? Would you call those comic book adaptations? No, that's the thing. you would not. So so it's not. They're not. So. Same thing, those were picture books, so Magical bus isn't really ad- Oh, oh Yeah, but even the cartoon um uh, like Dr. Seuss One's I'm not sure you'd say those are comic book adaptations. No so, storybook adaptations. Storybooks really are different.
0: I mean it's true. having the bubble. It's true. Although I will um, say the um How the Grinch Stole Christmas was an amazing adaptation.
2: You mean you mean the animated one?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, the animated one cool. was
2: really good. It was like surprisingly good. And like the music's like super, super good. It's like I was surprised because it was uh, one, like a um, uh, at work one of the kids I was ta- like uh, um, working like tutoring. I remember, yeah, had had the Grinch and it was like a whole a whole series of other like Doctor Seuss things and One Fish Two Fish Red Fish Blue Fish the movie and it was like really good. It was like all like really like just awesome.
0: One Fish okay. Two Fish Red Fish Blue Fish the movie.
1: Yeah, there was an animated one. Not okay, funny. that I
0: have not seen.
1: It was also surprisingly good. All right. I'm going to quote you something from the New York Times. You do. In 2010, when The Ghostwriter show was released on DVD, producer and writer If it was released on DVD? It was I have some of the tapes, so why not? I, I just Producer and writer I'm, Kermit okay. Friedman revealed Ghostwriter's true identity in a recent interview. Uh Ghostwriter was a runaway slave during the Civil War, he said. He was killed by slave catchers and their dogs as he was teaching other runaway slaves how to read in the woods. His soul was kept in the book and released once Jamal discovered that book. How the book got into Jamal's basement was never revealed. The story fits in with Fort Greene's history. The Lafayette Avenue Presbyterian Church was a stop on the Underground Railroad. We wanted the history, although we never got to tell the story, Mrs. Nealon said. Fort Green was a place that ghost rider when he was alive would have stopped in that i don't think i think it's kind of a cool backstory actually i don't think that's that's too that's that's, yeah, that's too late. you know what i like it but yeah. now that we know the answer to that great riddle let's talk for a second riddle about riddle that
0: even jim carrey would have been proud of <laughs> so <laughs> well the show was like that's called a callback thinking, folks I, like
1: the, thing, the
2: thinking thinking about it like, I think Ghost Rider was a little bit, I'm not call it, like, totally socially conscious, but they made an effort to have, like, people of different races in it. I remember noticing that. It was, like, a thing, and they talked about, like, their individual lives. And, like, it wasn't like nothing was doing that at that time. But it, but it made it, like, a, a conscious effort to do so. That's the thing. So, I mean, I'm not surprised they had the whole slave thing, you know. So, I don't know. I think that makes it more interesting.